it's the next level. Welcome, Primers, into this, our Season 5 of The Flash Annual uh, from the Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Captain Crew cast of Pods, I am Rob Martin. We, uh, we took a little break last week, but that was because I was traveling. Uh, I had a wedding that I was attending down in Virginia, so... I was fully prepared to record from the hotel room, but and you... I, I said no, I'm lazy. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you made the decision. You were like, oh, let's just take the break. It's summer episodes, you know. We can afford a break here and there, which is good. Uh, and I'm so glad you did because I was. It was so nice being able to just wake up Sunday morning and just take my time and you know get showered and stop off for some lunch and then make the three and a half hour trek home. So uh, it, it worked out kind of nicely that we took the break last week. Yeah, I, I just honestly, I felt like it was time for us to try to get a small break sandwiched in there. I mean, we feel like we're pretty well caught up. I mean, honestly, we're we're in the annual season right now. So honestly, we're oh, this is number two of of uh, really of four for us for the most part. And then we're going to be halfway through. Then we've got another show to wrap up, which is Titans. Um. And then we've got a couple filler things that we're going to do because San Diego Comic-Con sounds like it's going to practically be a bust this year. Uh, yeah, there's doesn't, gonna be it doesn't maybe, seem like... Maybe a little bit of CW stuff, but that's going to be about it. But it's not going to be enough, I think, to necessitate a full episode this year like we have in the past, which is fine. Um, actually, I think that's kind of great because I think that gives us an opportunity to maybe uh, do a interview episode where you're going to be doing some con moderation so we have an opportunity where we can possibly, you know... Um, just give a little bit of audio from that, which means sort of another break week for us. But uh, beyond that, um, you know, we still have a couple other big things we want to talk about. Uh, again, because we're early on in the discussions today, uh, early reminder, if you are, again, uh, a podcast or somebody that wants to get in a podcast and loves DC, don't forget to reach out to us. Again, we are still on the hunt for uh, our new hosts of the show for starting the mid-season of next year. So we will be, as again, a reminder, Ben and I will probably be hanging up our roles um, uh, in, in DC primetime um, post-Crisis on Infinite Earths. So uh, if you are a big avid listener and you want to see the show continue, please make sure to reach out to us on the Facebook page. So, yeah, it's uh, it, you know, we've been talking about it a little bit more and it's it's something I think we're we're pretty well decided on. It's. I think it's time. Yeah, I think it's time to kind of turn it over to new people. Let the show continue on with uh, some fresh voices uh, and such. And we'll still be contributors to the Facebook page, obviously, and uh, possibly even hop on from time to time with the new hosts. Yeah, but it's bittersweet. It's- Definitely bittersweet. But I think, um, yeah, as we, we even said a couple of weeks ago, it, it's more or less at this point in time, like 
the best way to put it is we want to go back to being fans and it's uh we love doing this and we love talking with each of you every week and honestly ben and i love getting a chance to talk together and it, it keeps us connected with each other constantly oh and it's not the end of our podcasting either no, we, we've got other projects that we're going to be working on and just yeah. kind of switching over to them instead so you'll still be able to hear our voices and just in other formats and such yep. which is yep 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 well it's it's uh, really boils down to limited time i think is a big part too for us so yeah it's it's a lot to have to watch four shows continuously every week and then put together discussions about them every week. And, you know, there there are other DC podcasts out there, but a lot of them, I think we're one of the few that covers uh, the entire Arrowverse every week. You know, there, there are podcasts out there that sp- are specifically about The Flash. There are some out there that are about Arrow and, you know, some that are just Supergirl. We are one of the only ones that cover the entire Arrowverse every week. We thought it was a great idea, and it really was. We've, we've had a blast doing it. It's just, as you mentioned, very time consuming. And it we kind we, of we, we created a lot of work for ourselves, really, is yeah. what it boils down to. Especially once now with, you know, because we wanted to cover the gambit of DC programming and, you know, with covering Titans and Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing, which we still have to, I, I think we, we still have to talk about Swamp Thing. Um, once that wraps up, because even though the show's been canceled, I felt still, I still think we should give it its due and talk about the 10 episodes that we're getting. Yeah, I think so. I, I think the only show that we're probably really not going to get around to is more, more than likely will be young justice because again, that's yeah. going to be a lot to consume. Um, and it, I, I'll be honest. I don't even, I haven't watched any of season three yet, but I feel like it's been so long since I've watched season one and two trying to find the time to squeeze that in plus an entire full season while we still have to cover Swamp Thing, we're still going to be covering, I believe, Harley Quinn, and we're still going to be covering Stargirl uh, and potentially Titan Season 2 is possibly. It's really going to depend on a lot of stuff. So, Yeah, and for those people out there that are saying, well, those shows might not happen because DC Universe is probably going under, I don't think that's the case. I think they're doing everything they can to make sure DC Universe is successful, including uh there's very, very little news this week, and we'll save it for the news segment at the end. But there's uh, been some new casting for Titans. So they're still moving on with the well, show I mean, that Titan, they have Titans planned. is in the middle of filming. So, I mean, it's they're they're well into um, season two's, you know, filming and production. I know Stargirl is already started shooting a while ago. So it's it, it, things are in motion there as well. So I, and I think I, Harley Quinn has already started production as well. So, uh, yeah, I, well, I mean, Harley Quinn, I think, is almost complete. I, I think they, they they're right now going in and they're doing vocal work. But I think most of the animation is done at this point in time. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, a lot of stuff in the works where we we're still got some time left before we're going to be turning over things. So, um, you know, and as Rob mentioned too, this coming uh this coming weekend, I will be in New Jersey returning to FanFest for moderation, uh, and it's kind of cool. I can actually officially announce it now because it's been uh, posted to their website, but uh, I'm moderating three panels on Saturday at FanFest, the first one being a Legends of Tomorrow panel with Nick Zano and Matt Ryan, which is going to be a lot of fun, uh, and hopefully I'll get to talk to Matt Ryan a little bit about uh, the whole Swamp Thing controversy because there was rumor that Constantine was should come in at some point and we'll see i'll hopefully get to ask him if there's any truth to him being approached to it um uh we uh, there's a gotham panel with danello Logue, uh david mazos and robin lord taylor which uh 
I'm friends with Robin. So it'd be really cool to be on stage with him for the first time and a uh, flash panel, which I'm really looking forward to because it's Danielle Panabaker, uh, Danielle Nicolette, who plays. Um, oh, my God. Uh, what the hell? Um, <laughs> um, no idea. No idea. <laughs> uh, it's um, Cecile. Oh, um, OK. Yeah, Cecile Horton and uh, Hartley Sawyer, who plays Ralph Dibney, which I'm re- I've heard Ralph is a blast to be on stage with. And I heard he's an incredibly nice guy. So I'm really looking forward to meeting Hartley as well. So I'm, I'm going to try my best to capture audio of those three panels so that you guys can hear them as well, which should be fun. Very cool. So but on the topic of The Flash, we have an annual to do. And I think it's going to be a short one. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I think so as well. I don't I don't know how much there really is to dive into, Um, you know, because we're talking about Flash season five. And before we do that, I think last week when we did Supergirl, I think we did the rating the season as a whole to start. And then we discussed the season, I think. Yeah, correct. Yes, I think we we shaked it up a little bit and then we kind of went into the little points. Yeah, exactly. So let's do that again. And I think we rated the season and rated the villain, and then we kind of broke it all down. So did we? Okay, did we? I couldn't remember if we rated the villain at the beginning or the end. Um, let's shoot but I think you're hip. right. Shoot from the hip. yeah. It worked last week. <laughs> I don't think we followed our typical annual format last week, but uh, not or two at weeks all. Ago, rather, I know we said uh, we really liked it. So yeah, uh, it, it's it a shame seemed that to we work. just don't remember what we did. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it seems to work really well. Uh, so let's do that again. And we're going to start off then with our ranking of the season as a whole, giving it our one to three. Well, actually, we're going to go through the one to 10 point ranking uh, one through three being sidekick four through seven being hero and eight through 10 being legend. Uh, so as a whole season five, where do you think this falls with you when it comes to ranking? Uh, you know, it's it's following right smack dab in a middling hero. I can't give the season a higher than I think a five. Um, I, I really think it was had some great ideas and really poor execution. Um, it was there was not a lot to be excited about in the flash this year, in my opinion. I, I you okay. know, I I think last year struggled this year was even even a harder struggle in all honesty. So, OK, uh, yeah, I'm I'm maybe about a six. A 6.5. I think there were definitely some there were a couple moments of the season that I thought were a lot of fun. And we'll, we'll get into them when we start talking about our favorite and least favorite moments. But I think you're right. For the most part, there were a lot of struggles that this season went through. Uh, it was not the best season of The Flash. And it I understand some of the things they were doing uh, because it is potentially setting up the future of the series. But I think there were definitely a lot of things they could have done so much better. We, you know, we got introductions to characters they could have put a lot more focus on. We've gotten, you know, a couple characters that they put too much focus on. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm about a six to a six point five when it comes to the season as a whole. Yeah, so I mean, I think they they had a couple great episodes, but I think I don't feel like I walked away from this season the way that I walked about. And he like walked past any other season and said, oh, my God, remember this moment because this was just epic. There was a couple really fun pieces, but nothing that stood out or that episode that stood out like crazy in the past years or like yeah. flash time and things like that. Like we did have what what's past this prologue this year, which was the 100th episode, um, which was a nice celebration, but it felt more like 
Eclipse episode more than it did anything else. Um, uh, but I think there were still some fun things and some fun characters, but I don't think it really, it, I don't really feel like it elevated what the show normally is. So now, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one too. Um, yeah, I remember, I'm starting to remember now last week we, we rated the season and then we talked about the season a little bit and then we did the rating of the big bad and went into our moments. But I kind of feel like, cause to me, one of the biggest problems with this season, uh, is the villain itself. So yeah, it was, I, I think of, the villain was a massive problem this year. Yeah. So, I mean, instead of just doing the rating, the villain at the end, let's just do it now, because I think that's going to contribute to part of our discussion about talking about the season as a whole. Um, you know, and in essence, we do have two big bads, three, if you really want to be technical about it, uh, in that we do have two versions of Cicada. So uh, let's focus on Cicada first. and the, Or let, actually, you know what? Let's do Eobard first, because it, it does turn out by the end, Eobard is kind of in a similar way that Lex Luthor was a villain in Supergirl, he is kind of pulling the strings on everything in this. And I think to some degree, maybe you can consider him the true big bad of the season with Cicada kind of being a pawn. Yeah. I don't know what your feeling on that is. Uh, if I have to talk about Eobard, as much as I love that character, I, I can't give it more than a sidekick because I feel like Supergirl showed us how you could have a villain in the background, only in like four episodes, still run the show. And Eobard was probably in about close to half in the season. And he didn't have a good payoff. There was no, there did not feel like there was a solid payoff. There was a good shock moment, but no payoff. And I think that I, was the problem. And I think it, it's because they had an opportunity to really end the finale this year with an Eobard-centric thing that pulled it all together in a wonderful way, but they, they wasted that time focusing on Cicada the entire time still, or Cicada too, and it didn't work, and I think that's the problem. Like, we had we had one of the coolest combo setups ever for a fight sequence when they were fighting Eobard, but aside from that probably three- or four-minute moment and a couple quick lines of dialogue, and then he just ran off, and that was the end of it. That was just done and over. And it was just kind of like, man, that was really lackluster and disappointing um, because you were expecting and waiting for this massive buildup of something huge to happen. And you just never got it. I, you know, I agree with you to to a point, And I also kind of disagree with you to a point as well. Uh, I, I agree with you completely in that Lex Luthor from Supergirl did really show us how to do the puppet master pulling the strings kind of element to a big bad but i feel like when it came to eobard he was under a lot more restriction like lex had the ability to freely move around and 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 create these strings that he was pulling on uh from different elements eobard was very restricted you know he was literally in one location he could only do so much when it came to pulling the strings of a puppet so, you know, whereas Lex could freely move around and have more puppets to pull strings on, Eobard had one. So that kind of really did limit it to what he could do. Well, I mean, while I agree with that, I, I think, you know what, I what if there's a movie I, I'm going to call back to because it's a great movie if you've never seen it. It's a movie called Suicide Kings with Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken is tied to a chair for 90% of that movie and is controlling everything lawlessly. Um, so I think that's, it's more comes down to a point of, yes, he was really had his hands tied, but 
I would have loved to have seen him control the situation more and more and more. But ultimately, it's the fact that it didn't have payoff. I think the biggest problem, too, is we didn't even understand or know why he was locked up. What was the what was the what was the reasoning? All those pieces just never came to light. And that was a big problem. We never got the full story. And I think it was it felt like it was a course correction <laughs> midseason where they were like, Cicada's not working and we have to do something to fix this. And they kind of went back to the well, but they went back to the wells. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Yeah. Um, sorry for the horrible, like almost dad joke on that one. Well, no, that was, no, totally that was a great dad joke. That was, yeah. that was, it was worth uh, it. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, <laughs> yeah, they went back to the well with a villain that they know works, but the problem is though, too, they never gave us a full explanation. And I think that's why it kind of lessened it. Maybe I won't give it a three. I'd give it like a 3.9. Like, <laughs> you know, we're, or 3.99, it's close to hitting a hero marker, but just didn't quite do it. Um, okay. It, it, was, it was so right there. Like, they had the setup. And I think the problem, too, is, yeah, we mentioned Lex, and we talked about, like, the last annual, how great Supergirl was. And I think that was the biggest problem as well. This was running concurrently with a show that was doing the same concept better. And that was the problem. It just It's kind of like if The Flash was in jail this season and Oliver was in jail this season, you were kind of like, which one did it better? You're always going to look at that that angle and the fact that we have the exact same kind of concurrent idea of the story running from one show and then one, the same one another. And when one's doing it dramatically better, it just makes the other one look weaker in retrospect. If we this was just purely a Flash show and we were talking about the Flash, I think that score would be a lot higher. But because we talk about the Arrowverse each and every week, that's why this is getting dinged a couple points in my book. Okay. No, I mean, it makes sense. And, and the point that you made too about that we don't even know how he ended up in prison. Uh, I really didn't even consider that. And that really is affecting my score now because you're absolutely right. We, we never got any kind of reasoning or backstory as to why he was there to begin with. What was the catalyst? How long has he been locked up? Was it something because of crisis was, you know, who, who caught him out of any of the heroes, all these things, none of it was answered whatsoever. And yeah, it was, that's, it was nope. He's just there, and it's just it. They made it a thing because they needed a thing, and that was the problem. They didn't give us a reasoning on why. They didn't even tell us versus do a show not tell or a tell not show. You know, they it, it was just nope. It, it is purely a MacGuffin, and that was the problem. Yeah, and you know, I was prepared. I was full. I'll be honest. I was fully prepared to give Eobard as a big bad uh, like a seven, uh, and I think that's now dropped down to a five. Uh, because of that fact. And I, I think giving it a seven was giving it a lot more credit than it was due. And it's mainly probably because of my love for that character. For the oh, I, I character. adore that character. That's I, I just feel like they did him dirty a little bit this season. That yeah. And I, I, I think you're right after discussing that a little bit more, which is why, like I said, I'm, I'm going to go to a five yeah. for Eobard is a big bad. Yeah, because like really the wrap up of it is like, hey, see you next crisis. I'm like, really? That was a little even too on the nose for the flash. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, even though we do know that next crisis is coming relatively soon. It's right. Right. You know, right. It's not an open ending thing. We know it's coming. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like I wish they would have rather maybe saved him for the crossover next year versus trying to shoehorn him in. Um, because, yeah, it was cool with some of the things that they did to kind of push Nora, like Nora over the edge. But I think. If you're going to utilize him that way, it's kind of like, hey, don't be afraid to try new things. Do something a little bit different. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And, um, and I think, again, too, the cicada angle, because it ran so long, 
uh, and it's kind of drug. You were waiting for him to do something big. And the fact that it didn't happen until the second to last episode, you're like, ugh. if you gave him three episodes to do something massive, it would have changed everything, I think. Well, and I was just going to say, too, when it comes to Cicada, if we're giving Eobard a five, that's really not promising for what we're giving Cicada. Oh, no, <laughs> it's it's it is not <laughs> at all. <laughs> but I mean, while we're, you know, we've already brought it up. So let's dive into Cicada as a big bad when it comes to the season uh, off the bat. I, I it I, to me, it doesn't matter whether it was Orlin or if it was uh, Sarah. Cicada as a big bad to me, this villain, Sarah, you mean uh, Grace, this, Grace. Oh, Sarah. that's right. Sarah. Sarah was the actress. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sarah. Sarah Carter was the actress that played her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Grace. Or, yeah. Grace. Or, or Grace. Yeah. 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 Uh, when it comes to Orlin or Grace, uh, it doesn't break a sidekick for me. No, Either no, one. not at all. All my brain can think of is <laughs> animal, animal house. Zero point two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it. Cicada is a villain. I think w- had a lot of promise because of the abilities that he had, but the fact that it was drawn, like we we met Cicada from episode one of this season. Like we met the big bad. We were introduced to the big bad from the beginning, and the sad part is that we stayed with epi- with the big bad until the last episode of the season. Well, I, I uh, think we, we've been saying since the mid-season finale that we were over him, and that's not a good sign for your big bad. Like, that's no, really I, I, not I think good. I think a smarter bet would have been that either one, if you were going to introduce us to Cicada from episode one, you should have been wrapped with his story and moved on to another bigger bad of the season, kind of how they have done in the past with... Um, uh, not Godspeed. Um, what the hell was Barry's evil? See, this just oh, goes Savitar. to show you how Savitar, Savitar. Yeah, yeah. You know uh, how you know we moved on from one big bad to another in the second half of the season, or wait to introduce us to Cicada until the mid-season finale, so that we got a bigger build of Cicada and we focused more on Cicada in the second half. Cicada right. is a half a season villain at best. You- yeah, at best. And they said, hey, we're going to make two of them. I'm like, please don't do that. It was, <laughs> yeah. It's still a, it's still a, a villain. It's the, still the same villain with somebody else under the mask. It's kind of like it's you can get away with that if you're a slasher movie, you know, like if and that's what they kind of tried to do with him. But it doesn't fit here. It just doesn't fit here. It's kind of like it, trying to shove Ghostface from Scream into Flash. You know, it, it doesn't fit the vibe. No pun intended. It's just it, that's the problem here. It's just they set him up kind of like a horror villain constantly where like down to the music and the way that he was stalking his prey, like carrying a knife around all these things where he just kept coming and coming and coming. But because the flash is such a big bombastic show that again, they they said it in the writer's room. It's that humor, heart and spectacle. And man, it was missing almost all of those points this year all over the place. Um, like humor, heart and spectacle were like the recipe pieces in every episode that felt like they were constantly missing. We got hurt yeah. every once in a while, but the spectacle of it was few and far between. And even the humor angle this year was kind of yeah, it, more lackluster than normal too. Those three elements were something that in the past seasons, we have gotten all three in a majority in, of episodes and you're yeah, right. Each episode, season, it, it, uh, yeah, it shows and, one per episode maybe. And you're like, come on guys, yeah. this is not what the show is supposed to be. 
And I think that's the big problem. They really struggled here. It started struggling with it last year, but it really struggled with it this year. Um, and I, I didn't think after the ending that we got with DeVoe last year, which was we both said was not a great ending, um, that they'd kind of learned some lessons. And I feel like they 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 went further down the, the wrong kind of tunnel. Um, and I think Cicada was a big – what they found on the other end of it. And you're like, ugh. Yeah, and I, I agree with that completely. I think, you know, the as you said, like the humor hunting spectacle is something they gave us one, maybe two elements in every episode instead of all three. Now, there were one or two episodes this season that we did get all three. And oh, yeah, yeah, you, we'll talk about them when we're going into like our favorite episodes and such, too. But it's you're right. It, it felt and I don't want this to seem like we're starting to feel about Flash that we've very publicly make known how we feel about arrow because to me that's not the case flash to me is still there's a reason why this show made me fall in love with the flash um you know and the flash has very quickly become my favorite dc character and that's still the case the flash is still my favorite dc character i still love tuning into the flash every week but this is also one of the reasons why we've decided to kind of turn over the reins is because we want to go back to watching this as fans and not analyzing it because analyzing it is kind of taking away our love for these characters a little bit. And I don't want to see that happen with the show because I still love this show. Arrow has become the show that like, yes, I'm glad it's ending. But Flash is the show that if they announced that next season would be the last, I at this point, I'd still be very disappointed because uh, I want to see this show continue. I, I can't say I agree. Uh, I feel like it's fine. starting. I, I think it's starting to feel like it's starting to run its course a little bit. I, I, you know, it's, I want them to last season. I think in all honesty, it, it struggled. I, I think they had some great ideas, but there was, they really struggled, but we, we still it had the DNA of the flash all over it. This season, it started falling down a, a kind of a, a, a hole. I mean, like I said, if you go back to season one of the flash, which was the show at its height, it's been a slow decline every season. Like, and I don't think that's untrue at all. I mean, like down to kind of like the villains, like zoom was still a really good villain, but it just wasn't the reverse flash, you know, Savitar. It's not a bad villain, but it was, it wasn't even zoom. Then you get to DeVoe really good promise. It wasn't even Savitar. And then you get to this season and you're like, and that wasn't even DeVoe when you talk about Cicada and they need to interject some something new and some kind of life. And I think if you keep having villain problems the way that it feels like they're they're kind of falling downhill because they started off in such a big way that how do you top it? And they've never been able to top season one. I think they really need to shake it up. They need to find a way to shake it up in a big, bad way. And they do a good job with having the, all the parts work together really, really well. But I think this is the the season where you really saw those parts no longer fitting in, fitting together. Where it was like putting a you know a round peg in a, you know in a square hole. It just didn't it just didn't fit. Like they mashed it in and got it there by the end, but there was a lot of collateral damage on the way in. You know, yeah, that's kind of how it felt. That's really kind of how it felt. And again, I I want to see Flash just really lift itself up and kind of just make this a rock like this kind of a rock star show again uh, because it, it's there. The DNA is built into it amazingly. Um, and it's not to say that those chipped points are really bad in or, or every year. But as you look back on five years, 
you can definitely see it's sliding downhill a little bit. And I want to see it kind of, it's sliding downhill because there's a ski jump at the end and it's about to crest back into those nine and 10 seasons, you know, like, like where it's, it's almost a flawless season again. And that's kind of my hope here. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely keeping up hope for that as well. And I think Crisis next season is going to be I, I think there not only is it a reason, I, I think they're using it as a potential shakeup for the Arrowverse that I think the Arrowverse needs, Flash included, as you mentioned. Oh yeah. Well the same um, thing happens anytime you run a season for more than a handful of seasons or a show of more than a handful of seasons, because after a while things become kind of the norm. It's it's harder to get excited and go, oh my god, I can't believe that just happened. You know, yeah. Um, so I, mean, yeah, I can't wait and, to see what they do. And crisis, you know, happening next season and shaping up the the, the universe the way that it's it's going to uh, is opens up so many doors for them to take bigger risks. Because I know you and I were actually talking about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, there is a potential rumor out there. I don't know how much truth there is to it now. It is purely rumor and speculation at this point as to who could potentially be the big bad of the second half of the flash season next year could be and that's red death and if that happens uh, holy shit like that's a huge risk that that show would be taking but a huge risk that i honestly believe could have a fantastic payoff yeah i mean and honestly the likelihood of the red death being the big bad i think is slim because me too them saying, hey, Bruce Wayne is the big bad, you know, I, I think would be really bizarre and weird, especially because we haven't met a Bruce Wayne yet. I think it's going to confuse a lot of people. But if they even said, here's the Red Death and it's somebody else. Hey, I, I'm OK with that. Give Me us too. an alternate take of the character. You know what? No, who should come back and play the Red Death? Tom Cavanaugh. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Tom. I love Tom. But but please, no. No, um, uh, um, Eddie. I can, I'll give you, I, I was, well, no, I, I would say he's been on our show. Oh, yeah. Teddy Sears would be fantastic as Red Death. Yes, he would. I would love to see him be like, no, nope, oh, it's another. We're, we're pitching that to Teddy. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm absolutely pitching that to Teddy. Because can you imagine, hey, there's another version of Zolomon. That just went even deeper than Zoom did. And you make that version of that character that much scarier. (laughs) How awesome could that be? And he and we and having seen him as Zoom and Hunter Solomon, like we we know he can pull off that menacing demeanor. Oh, my God. To do it. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. I love that idea so much of bringing Teddy in to, to play Red Death. Yeah, I mean, like I said, and I know that it would, it would really, really piss off a lot of people that really love the dark multiverse stuff where, you know, you have this evil version of Bruce Wayne becoming all these different versions of these characters. But I think, again, it, I think if you're going to have Bruce Wayne show up, I think they're going to establish him first and for, foremost in Batwoman at some point, because that's the show that has to do it. Um, having him appear in The Flash first seems a little weird, um, and I think his first appearance as a villain, I think it's going to confuse a lot of people. Uh, So, yeah, but I mean, if you do the red death or you feel you have to do the red death, I think you, you find another character that already exists in this universe in some way, shape or form and make him that character. Yeah. I like that too. I like that idea. I really like that idea, (laughs) but it it would be super cool. I would love to see what they could do with it. I would love to see them just 
take a concept and completely flip it on its head and do something wholly different. Because he, again, he was one of the most menacing characters next to Eobard, so it would be really yeah. cool. But, but let's again, back up for a second because we never even scored the villain. We never scored Cicada. Oh, we said sidekick, <laughs> but we never That's gave right. it a number. Oh, dude, so. Cicada. It doesn't matter whether it's Grace or Orlin. It, it's it's a two and a half at at best. Uh, I I I think I gave. Uh, the villain in, in Arrow at two <laughs> or no, I haven't. We haven't done that one yet. We haven't but, done it yet. Yeah. Oh, oh God. <laughs> was this worse than the Arrow villain this season? Ah, crap. Wait, um, w- there was a villain in Arrow this season. No, oh, that's accurate. I'm going to remember <laughs> that for next week. Um, you know what? I'm going to say um, I'm going to share that with you. I'm going to go two five. Okay. I think it's I think it's a two five, not even a three two five. Yeah, it's just yeah. It, Cicada is a rough villain, and again, it was a villain that had promise. And it was you know, it was Doctor Alchemy light, and you know what? And that's the problem. Is Doctor Alchemy was interesting because of it was taunting characters and shifting them to essentially to the dark side. But even that was wrapped up because that felt like it ran its course by the time it, it wrapped. But it worked, and we were kind of like, Ugh, "Don't make this character stick around." And then all of a sudden, we're like, "Oh my god, Tom Felton, please don't leave the show." And then he left the show. We're like, damn it. Could you imagine uh, if they don't get Teddy getting Tom Felton to come back and play Red Death? That would be cool. But I, I would be, I'd be fine with that too. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, you could also do, bring Ronnie Raymond back, bring another hero and have them become the Red Death. You could do anything you want. Just give well, us Red Death. Give us Red Death. I think that's a, I think it's a cool call. That or Godspeed, I think are, are the right call. I think it's time for a big bad that is another speedster. So Yeah. I agree with that, too. I mean, even like I said, even bringing Eddie back to play Red Death, you know, bringing Rick Cosnett back to play it. The character could be an interesting choice. Oh, um, better idea. OK, ne- <coughs> excuse me. Uh, downside about this, this, this new app that we're using. I don't see a mute button. So, uh, oh, that's our right. recording. Uh, that's all good. But yeah. um, oh, no, there is. I totally see it. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but I can say what would actually be the best villain for next year is essentially a legion of speedsters. If you got give us a whole bunch of evil speedsters all working together next year. And you know what? There's there's a lot of promise to that because I know one of the biggest complaints that people had when it came to the earlier seasons of The Flash was that people were getting tired of speedster villains. And now look what happened when we went away from speedster villains, when we went with DeVoe, when we went with, you know, now Cicada, is the seasons degrade. I think, yeah. I think everybody speedster- everybody lost their minds when Godspeed showed up. They're like, oh, my God, he looks stunning and amazing. And oh, my God, bring him back, bring him back, bring him back. And then even we even heard the producers go, yeah, we're, we're really happy everybody liked him. We don't have any plans for him to return at this point. And everybody's like, why? Why would you do that to us? Yeah. But I mean, I mean you, you look at the strongest season. You look at the strongest season of Arrow, which I think we're in close agreement would be season five with Prometheus. You know, you took an archer and you put him up against another archer. You, you know, it, and it worked. There's nothing wrong with putting a speedster up against other speedsters. That's pretty much what the legacy of Flash has always been. Yes, there have been other villains that haven't been. Wait, the rogues and all and the rogues are great, but like they still haven't even given us a rogue season. They yeah, have done that by now. And it's it's there's stuff that's so on the nose that they're just not looking at and not doing it. Like, Come on, guys. It's right in front of you. Just yeah. do it. Yeah, you want to bring in another speedster as a villain, I'm perfectly fine with it. Whether it's Red Death, uh, Rogue's Gallery of Speedsters, however you want to do it, I'm perfectly okay with that. I've never had an issue with a speedster villain. I've never had an issue with a speedster villain. 
Yeah, I, so. mean, I mean, again, the, the Savitar unveiling was kind of like, oh, okay. But yeah, at the same time, though, too, he was still pretty cool. But uh, I like Zoom. Still, yeah, I, I really like Zoom, too. I thought he was great. But, man, I mean, because, again, and that's if they were saying, hey, Flash next season, we're wrapping up. That's that's how you go out with a bang, because then you have every speedster face off against all the bad speedsters face off against all the good ones. <laughs> and then, man, Oh, my God, dude. Holy you shit. Tying the Jesse bow Quick. in that season. Jesse yeah, Quick, like Jay Jesse- Garrick, oh, you know, <laughs> bring Wally back. You have all of them just back in the mix in full. Like you bring in the ones that got teased, like showing Max Mercury again, like the accelerated man just going up against everything that could be thrown at them. And that would be just awesome. That'd be so. amazing. That'd be so good. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really don't know what else we can talk about when it comes to breaking down well, the season. I mean, well, I mean, one of the biggest things we haven't even talked about is Nora. She was the catalyst. Of oh, all yeah. Of this. Yeah. We, we, you know, she was the reason everything happened. And we, you know, she sir, deserves a really kind of big hand this year because I think uh, Jessica Parker Kennedy did an amazing job playing this I do character. Too. And I think I mean, you, the way that they you, handled excess was really cool to take this Legion character kind of twist the idea of it a little bit and make this concept work. But she was this great, naive person that just wanted to see her family. And that idea really, it really worked out well here. And I think it was a great concept. It felt weird at certain points in times of having somebody the same age as the Flash. And, yes. And, and, and I'll be like, hey, dad, you know, and you're <laughs> like, this seems awkward, but sure, why not? <laughs> um, but I think, I think that, I think, that angle did work well. Um, I really wish they would have played with the idea of her as an evil speedster a little bit more by the end. I think they had an opportunity to really show that grow and have her be the big bad for the back half of the season. I think that was set up really well that they didn't utilize well. We only got it for two and a half episodes um, because they drug out that reveal that she's been working with Thawne for so long. And again, that was another problem with this year is that it was hinted at every year. It was just kind of like, Hey, I'm going to Sherlock going and disappearing off into skulk in a court or somewhere and do his research and play with a red, red, red yarn, you know, to kind of put his connections together. And it was just kind of like, I know your secret. I know your secret every episode and never unveiling it. And I'm like, come on guys. The flash has always been so good about not dragging out points this year, man, they drug it out and drug it out and drug it out in so many aspects of the show. And that was one of the things that, really hurt her character um, because they could have had an opportunity to really make her shine more so by having her go through that angry point of dealing with, you know, kind of tapping into the reverse speed force a lot longer, which would have elevated Thawne, which would have broken them away from the cicada angle, all these pieces. Um, And I understand why, because you needed to care about Nora as a character, but they had the opportunity to really focus on that in the first half of the season, whereas they gave us a lot of throwaway episodes. And I think that was a big problem where they could have tightened up the storytelling. So, yeah, no, I, I, I think that puts it best. I really don't know. I, I agree with you completely. And I really don't know if I can add anything to that. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, so, the, the, the season did a couple other things that were really cool, though. By the end of the season, they kind of reset the board. Like we have less he, less people with he powers. Uh, yeah. They're chipping, which, they're chipping away at that a little bit, which is great. You know, they keep they added so many. But now that we're kind of pumping the brakes, like I don't see who Kavanaugh is going to play next year without it seeming like, okay, guys, this is getting old. 
Um, you know what? I think I think when it comes to Kavanaugh next season, I think it could be a big focus on just Eobard. You know, not getting an, another Wells next season. He could pretty much just be a sporadic uh, appearance of Eobard from time to time and maybe just kind of step behind the scenes for a majority of the season, maybe direct some more episodes. Yeah. As long as we get to see him occasionally, I'm still good with that because Kavanaugh to me, we've made no bones about this. We've made it time. We've said it time and time again. He's one of the true hearts of that, of that series of the series. Yeah. So and to lose I, I, him completely would be a huge misstep in my opinion, but you know, Kavanaugh has got to do what he's got to do. If he decides to leave, I don't think he wants to, but you're right. It'll be very interesting to see what direction they're going to go with him next season. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think there it's it's time for them to pump the brakes a little bit more on too many new versions of Wells. I, you know, I think Sherlock. This was the first time that I was like, eh, he never landed. He never landed quite right. He's not a bad character by any stretch of the imagination, but he definitely feels like the lesser of all the the, the versions of Wells we've had so far. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what what they can do next, uh, and still having him be a part of the show without kind of dumping too much new on us. So the one thing I can say about Sherlock, cause I do agree with you. He, he, he didn't feel, uh, you know, as much like I, like HR was one that I didn't, I wasn't crazy about in the beginning, but I grew to absolutely adore by the end to the point where I was more upset that he died when I thought it was going to be Iris. We've talked about that before. Um, you know, but you know, when it comes to Sherlock, I will say the one thing they did do right with him, the one thing they did do that I really loved is the fact that it pushed Ralph to become the detective we know Ralph to be. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I fully agree with you on that. That's 100%. Yeah, like he was he was a character like we always knew Ralph to be a great detective and they kind of showed him they introduced us to that a little bit when they introduced Ralph last year. And but he he never was really that true great detective that he was in the comics. Bringing Sherlock in as a fully as a great detective really drove Ralph to be better at what he was, if not just for using Sherlock as an example, but maybe even out of a little bit of jealousy, you know, that he was getting attention. And by the end of this season, we got that like he was the one that discovered what Eobard's ultimate plan was. So if nothing else, Sherlock drove Ralph's character further, progressive further. Yeah, no, I fully agree. Uh, 100% agree with you on that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other, any other big things we still need to hit. Well, I don't know. know if, really... I was just going to say, I don't know if this is something we've ever talked about in the news before, but I'm actually just seeing this now, uh, you know, with the clean slate that kind of we're getting with the flash with crisis kind of being a little bit of a shakeup uh, slash reset button for next season. I think there, there's one other element that I don't know if we've ever talked about before, and I think it could really help. It could be the third part of a trifecta to what could be a great season next season is that, they're getting a new showrunner next season. They are. They really are. Um, and uh, Todd Hel yeah, Todd Helbing is is stepping down, and Eric Wallace is stepping up. Um, yeah. So I, I think there's an opportunity for them to do some new things, which is great. And you know, one of the things that too I didn't even think about is you know when you have the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths, one of the big biggest things that happens, aside from some of the character deaths that happened in the comics, which we know is probably going to be pretty dramatically different. Because I'm pretty sure we're going to get a Flash season seven, and that yeah. could be where they put a pin in things. But uh, I do think, <coughs> excuse me again, uh, that one of the things that we could run into is because uh, it just dawned on me: uh, if you're worried about how many versions of Wells there are, well, when all the Earths converge, 
are we going to just have one version of each character? Or is it going to be doppelgangers on the same Earths and all these things? Or Earths going to die? Or how is it going to fold? How are the Earths folding in on each other? Because that's a big thing that does indeed happen. So that could be a massive factor by the end of this. All of those versions of Wells could give us kind of the definitive Wells by the end. You know? Yeah, that that's very true. There, there won't be a Council of Wells anymore. That's a big thing that's going to happen. If there's, there's no more multiverse, there's no more Council of Wells. They don't exist. So uh, it, it, anything can really, truly go down. So I'm looking forward to seeing what it's really going to bring, because, of course, it has to change everything. It absolutely has to. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, and there is a strong possibility that if I mean, there are characters that we've been introduced to from other universes, and there's a strong possibility that the writers could be taking liberties when it comes to crisis as ways to one, potentially bring some of those characters back on a more permanent role or quite the opposite write off some of these characters for good as if they never yeah. survived crisis. You know, well, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised to see like earth Two just go boom. Cause I think, I think that's going to happen. I think we're going to see major, major fallout. And I think talking about crisis here makes a lot of sense because the flash is where it's all going to kick off. I mean, yeah, you're going to see that kind of is the through line for the first 10 episodes of arrow this year, most definitely. But the flash is the one that's been built to it. You know, it's the build, been built into it since episode one. And I think when all things go, man, it's going to hey, you're going to feel that that shake through and reverberate through the Arrowverse really fast. I, I mean, I'm I'm uh, God, I don't even know why. Like it just literally dawned on me a potential storyline, which I hope doesn't happen. But I mean, we could potentially see an episode or two of Jesse Quick returning just, you know, for a short run, maybe like one or two episodes dealing with the fact that her father her version of the, the version of Wells that is her dad didn't survive crisis, you know, but she did like, this is, these are dark storyline, dark and sad storylines that while yes, dark and sad, they could potentially dive into, they could potentially in all honesty, take the second half of next season of flash and there be no big bad. It's purely fallout of crisis. And if done correctly could work. It could. I don't think it's going to happen, Me but either. it would be amazing. <laughs> so, all right. Well, what I think it's maybe time to put this train back on the tracks and start <laughs> kicking through some of these other points. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we've we've pretty much hit most of the major points of the season as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's go through and we'll kind of go towards the end of this annual with, as we did last week, we'll talk about some of our uh, favorite, least favorite characters, episodes and moments of the season. Um, let's let's start with characters. Uh, we'll go characters, moments, and then episodes, and then we'll we'll wrap things up. Um, but as far as characters go this season, <laughs> I don't even think we have to dive into least. I think we're both in agreement, and I think our listeners after this discussion are probably know where we're headed with this. Um, but Cicada is... Yeah, no, no not even a question. <laughs> least so. favorite character. Doesn't matter if it's Orland, Dry Orland Dwyer or Grace Gibbons. Uh Cicada, least favorite character of the season. Cicada, Cicada 2, doesn't matter. I, I can't. I love Chris Klein. I think he was okay. A, a good potential choice of actor to play this role. And I, I like seeing him getting some new roles. I couldn't shake Ostriker from American Pie. No, This entire season, couldn't shake it. I mean, I didn't have any problem with that. I just generally thought that the way that they created the character and the way that he was portrayed, the voice, everything, just... 
it was this didn't work. It fell flat immediately and it never got better. And I think that was the problem. I think he's a great actor, but you know, I, looking at actors portraying iconic roles, uh, you know, ultimately it's, it's not difficult to look past, especially when you see so many people show up in so many things. It was just ultimately he never felt like anything special. And that's the why I think it was probably so difficult to not detract him from another character that he played before. It's kind of like, um, I can never remember the actor's name. He played one of the angels on Supernatural uh, that was from Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, Curtis oh, Armstrong. Oh, my God. Curtis Armstrong. Yeah. It's hard not to see him as Booker, you know? Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, though, he has played a lot of great characters that you're like, oh, nope, you can forget he was that. But, you know, it's... it's he was Metatron. It's always tricky to... Yeah, yeah, yeah he was Metatron. So it's always kind of sometimes tricky to kind of figure out some of those points. But I think when a character is decent enough, it does make you forget those things. Uh, and it's the fact that the character just never was anything. So it was impossible to look beyond the characters he played before because you were trying to fill in the gaps. So, yeah, no, I agree with that, too. Uh, favorite characters when it comes to this season, who would you put kind of towards the top of your list? Captain Sick. <laughs> OK, fair enough. I mean, um, um, no, like I said, I think, I think in all honesty, um, this was a hard one. The least favorite was really easy favorite character. I feel like honestly, everyone really, really struggled this year. Uh, and I feel like nobody was a true standout in any way, shape or form. And I, I, I honestly feel like Cisco is, I think is the answer that I think you have. Yeah. And I think I'm going to share with you that as well. Um, but at the same time, I feel like I'm using that just to give an answer. And you know what? And I think that's okay because you're right. It is a little bit of a struggle. It was a struggle for me to come up with Cisco. But, you know, looking at the characters as a whole, when it came to favorite characters, like, yes, obviously I could have said Jay Garrick because, I'm, you know, we're friends with John and he's he's been great with us. And, you know, that could be playing favoritism. Ralph, I know, was somebody I think we, we listed as favorite characters last season, but the, we didn't get a lot of Ralph this season. Cisco included, we really didn't get a lot of Cisco, but when you look at Cisco's journey this season from, you know, somebody who was loving being vibe into dealing with having these abilities taken away from him or, you know, being in pain using these abilities to by the end of the season, wanting to just have a normal life and, you know, taking the metahuman cure to purely just be normal again and not leave the show just kind of toned down his character a little bit. I, I applaud that journey of the character. And it's for that reason that I'm, I'm giving Cisco probably my favorite character of the season this year. Yeah. That's kind of why I, I agreed with you is really the fact that he had the best journey this yeah. year that I think versus anybody else. I mean, the flash is always going to be the lens that the, 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 the viewers watch the show through. Um, I feel like Barry, you know, Turned a little bit Oliver Queenish this year, <laughs> no, no lie. You know, there was a lot of brooding and and a lot of trust issues continuing on for him that I would like would have liked to have seen it right itself. I think we got actually got a really cool, interesting journey too for Iris this year. I think we really saw her kind of come into her own as well, and it was really cool to see that as well. Um, but yeah, I think Cisco really takes top mark. Yeah, I mean, so. and I can even see people giving Nora a, a favorite character because of the journey. Yeah, in- yeah. You know, I, I, she was a she was a really really good character, 
I think, unfortunately, the storyline around it all was just a little weak. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I, I can totally see a lot of people giving Nora a favorite character, too, because, you know, that usually tends to be the case that when it comes to favorite characters, you will lean towards a new character because it's somebody new. It's fresh. It's a fresh face. And Nora would fit that mold. But you're right. There, there were definitely some things with that. And I think giving it to a new character every year we do an annual is kind of a cop out. Um, yeah. When you analyze the characters and what they did this season, I think no more, nobody more than Cisco fits that mark as to your, as you mentioned, and I've mentioned too, just he had the biggest journey this season, in my opinion. Which yeah, is, I agree. Why I fully it agree. It. Uh, however, when it comes to new characters, I do have a runner up um, and that's Ragdoll. Because oh, how God, he great. How can you go wrong with a character uh, played by Troy James, but voiced by Phil Lamar? Like, a- and the two times that we got him this season, he was fantastic. So uh, Ragdoll does get a runner up, in my opinion, for favorite character this season. Yeah. Hey, you know what? They're, they're starting to build up rogues again. And thank God, because, man, it feels like we were at the bottom of the barrel for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and. And that, this season, this season didn't help me feel that that changed at all. <laughs> so, hey, I was OK uh, with I, I was OK with Brie Larvin. I mean, she's OK. Uh, Weather Witch, eh, I could pass. Uh, Weather Witch was not great. I think Brie Larvin wasn't that great, <laughs> though, either when she first showed up. So I'm a hey, fan of Emily Kinney, though. So, you know, I, I was OK with seeing seeing her. Pop you could be up. a fan of the actress and some of previous work. But I always think that character has been really kind of empty. OK, so. But hey, you know what? All good. I just, man, it's a shame that Captain Cold and Heatwave turned heroes and one of them's dead. I know. <laughs> so, um, man, it could have been great to have a trickster episode and like Mirror Master and all these other people again this year. And it's time to bring all of them together. Do it. Do it. Do it. Hey, man, I know um, Mark Hamill was pushing for a while to do a, a trickster family reunion. Uh, hey, it may happen next year. They, oh, we'll, God, we'll see. That would be great. Uh, all right. So let's let's focus on moments now. Um, I know you and I share favorite moment of the season, and I think we share. Fa- I changed it. Oh, you did. I changed. I changed both of them. OK, okay. so then let's start with uh, let's start with least favorite moment. Uh, I don't know what yours is now, so I'm I'm going to let you do yours because I'm going to do mine in reverse. OK. Uh, oh, you're going to do favorite and least favorite. Yep, because right. they're tied together. Um, okay, then you know what? I'll start with I'll start with my favorite, um, and that is in Legacy, which is the season finale, uh, when Captain Singh reveals that he has known that Barry is the Flash. I think that's just a, a that that moment. I think more than any other moment of this season, just brought a huge smile to my face. You know what? That was a mass. That was runner up number one for me. Yeah, when you know when Captain Singh says to Barry, like, you know, I am a detective, like. And the, just seeing the look of like awe and shock on Barry's face at like, oh, my God, he knew the whole time. What do I do? And even Joe's face, like there were so many little nuances to that one minute of time that I just it brought a huge smile to my face. And that's what really sticks out to me. Uh, least favorite moment. Every meta will die. Like we made fun <laughs> of that line so much this season because it is a horrible line it is so cheesy and it was delivered like with with the like i literally went back and rewatched that scene right before we started recording just so i could get the line right but as i'm watching it the look on on his face i'm like how did you not crack and how did people on set not laugh at you 
when you deliver. Oh yeah. That well, one. I mean, I think when that first happened, I I think my lot my the, my response was really guys, we're not going to take another <laughs> do another take. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, are, you, are you sure <laughs> that's the take you're going with on that? All right. But yeah, so uh, the whole every meta will die line was my least favorite moment of the season. Yeah. Uh, so my favorite yeah. moment. Um, yeah, of the season was early on. Uh, I think it was in episode one or two when Nora hands Barry something very, very special. And that is the ring where we get to see oh, yeah. the Flash ha- shoot his costume out of the suit for the very first time. And my least favorite moment is when we saw the actual suit. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, all right. I had a feeling when you said they were tied together, it was going to be something about the suit, like not having the chin strap. But oh god, I hate that suit that was, so much. It looks like garbage. That like, was perfect all season long. I struggled with with enjoying that suit every time I saw it on him with that <laughs> the with the cowl up. God, it looked absolutely terrible. It looks like a children's bicycle helmet. It, does. it looks so bad, and especially after you saw Godspeed suit, you're like, really, guys? You could do this for a one-off villain, but you can't get it right for your hero. Please, I believe in you. Just do this. Godspeed it looked- looks. Godspeed looked, looked so amazing. fucking good. Sorry, he sorry for my language. But he looked so great, but the flash suit looked so bad. <laughs> I just love like I just love your it's your reaction is like, oh new flash suit. Oh, new flash suit. Like that's Yeah. I, it, it's it was honestly the thing is too, it was so bad they changed the helmet after two episodes because it looked terrible. It looked absolutely terrible. And the version we got afterwards was not much of an improvement. They fixed the eye holes a little bit, but it's still, again, it looked like a bicycle helmet on top of a spandex suit. It, do, that's, it, it doesn't look good. It didn't look right. And I really, really hope they find a way to address it before next season because, <laughs> man, oh, man. Yeah, I agree with you. And, te- and technically, they have to because the picture we see in the newspaper of Flash missing a crisis. Oh, he's got the, he, he's, he's he's got the, got chin, the chain strap. You're right. He, he has the chin strap. So <sighs> you're right. They're going to have to fix it. Uh, all right, okay. that brings us. Yes, please. <laughs> that brings us to episodes, uh, our favorite and least favorite episodes of the season. Uh, we'll start with least, uh, and then we'll end on a high note with our favorite episode or uh, episodes of the season. Um, I'll turn it over to you first. What What do you have for possibly your least favorite episode of the season? Ugh. All right, I have it. There's an odd tie, um, and I think. I think it's going to be, I think, episode four newsflash is going to be my least favorite, which was uh, Spencer, Spencer Young, I think her, her name was, uh, which was uh, Spin, who had the first time we saw Meditech, which was a cool twist on things because of the the satellite and all, which was cool. I did enjoy that. I thought that was a really interesting kind of change to things. But I, I some of the young rogues that they introduced, I really th- found to be quite boring and actually, honestly... Oddly enough, the episode after that, that was kind of the runner up for my least favorite was probably act- was Gone Rogue, where we do see, you know, um, some of that Metatech return with, again, the young rogues. But the young rogues are just there. They are pale in comparison to the rogues we've had previously. And I think that's the problem is they're trying to shoehorn the rogues down our throats, but they're not utilizing the right ones. And I think we have... You know, Ragdoll's great in the, that mix if we were talking at Gone Rogue, but I think it all started going downhill with uh, when they introduced Spin. So Okay. All right. Fair enough. 
as far as my least favorite episode goes, it's kind of a tie similar to yours. Uh, I would go with uh, first and foremost, episode six, which is Icicle Cometh, uh, and then episode 19, which is Snowpack. And it's nothing to do with the B stories of those episodes, the A stories. I just was not crazy about the Icicle uh, storylines this season. Icicle to me was a character who probably would be a runner up for least favorite character this season because I just feel like the the stories with Icicle kind of felt flat uh, in my opinion. I, I just I, I really don't know. I think they could have done so much more with them had they put a little more time and focus on it. Uh, maybe even shift away from the Cicada storyline and make Icicle a villain for a three or four episode stretch. You could have put more focus on that character and give us given us a little bit of a well-deserved break from Cicada, but they never did that. Uh, Icicle was nothing more than just, if at any point in a story, it was nothing more than half an episode. And I just, they, they could have done so much more with that character and I'm, I regret that they didn't. Yeah. So totally. Uh, okay. Favorite episode. Um, I think, do you and I share this one? Uh, Cause I think uh, you might've so. gone and agreed with me on this one. I, I did. I, 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 I think our runner ups are the same too. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so our runner up, yeah. we'll just start with that one. We've already talked about him as Godspeed. Uh, just the look of the character, the introduction of the character, the character looks amazing. I hope it's not the last time we ever see that character. For, for yeah, certain. the same. Absolutely. Uh, but I'll, I'll let you do the honor. We share this for favorite episode of the season. Man, King Shark versus Gorilla Grodd, yep. episode 15 of season five. It was, they built it up and built it up and built it up, and I really thought it delivered. Uh, you know, I honestly, I thought it was just a really kind of touching story, too, with, with, you with know, Shay. Yeah, it's. Uh, with, with yeah, you know, like I said, you know, like Doctor Landon and and King Shark, kind of their the relationship and how that worked uh, was actually really kind of touching, and it was it, it was well written, and I think they got to utilize King Shark in such a fun way, and he ended up becoming such a great character, whether it was as King Shark or the human version of himself. But Gorilla Grodd's consistently been such a fun villain. And I love the fact that every year they say, hey, we're going to give you that big CG episode that you've been waiting for. They feel like they save up their budget to like prove to us how awesome they can do everything here. And every time we see King Shark on screen, man, I just light up. It is such an amazing character design that they do such a beautiful job bringing to life. And they really did not disappoint here. Um, that, that lightning uppercut from King Shark to Gorilla Grodd was just awesome <laughs> such a great cap out moment of that episode. i mean and not only that but you know it, just going into the science of things that they put into it like it wasn't it wasn't cop out writing the whole thing about killer shark being upside down and putting him into it like a, a trance state like that's tonica mobility yeah, yeah that's legit science behind sharks so the fact that they even included something like that into the writing of the episode is is just fantastic and uh, you know you're right it's one of those things where they promise they they give us that promise that we're going to get that really big hey we're putting our budget behind this episode and we kind of hope it doesn't disappoint and this season this was the episode and it didn't disappoint one bit not at all yeah um i i, I will say too there's a i think a the second runner-up as well, uh, because I feel like it'd be remiss for us to not to bring up the fact that uh, what's past is present. Yes. Uh, because, again, we did get 
um, you know, this wonderfully great, you know, 100th episode that did feel like I said, we we talked personally beforehand and we said, you know, it did, or what's past is prologue. I think it's yes. Yeah, that's which it. was the 100th episode and directed uh, by Kavanaugh. The episode, right. It was right before Elseworlds. Uh, you know, it was really, really exciting. It was really, really cool of what we got to see here. But still, um, again, it did feel a little bit more like a clip show, but it was kind of cool seeing them revisit all these major moments of the series, which was really fun to watch. But ultimately, uh, I think these other episodes ended up kind of topping it out. But uh, I, I think we'd be remiss to not bring up the fact that watching Barry and XS run through the tunnel to back in time was awesome. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So <laughs> anytime we get any kind of a back to the future reference in any of these shows, I'm happy. I'm a happy person. Yeah. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up then for for the annual. I know we usually talk about predictions for the next season, but I think we've kind of touched on that but, already. Feel- yeah, yeah, I think we really, really did. And I'm, I think we're just hoping that uh, Crisis does not disappoint. So. Yeah, and it proves to be the shakeup that this that this series and the rest of the Arrowverse kind of needs. Uh, yeah. Cool. So I know there's not a lot. There's not much news at all. And we kind of even teased two stories. Yeah, we kind of teased it. So I'll turn it over to you for those two stories. Uh, we'll start with the latest one right now. We've got um, Titans has cast Drew Van Acker as Garth, a.k.a. Aqualad. Uh, you probably all best know Drew Van Acker from his work on Pretty Little Liars, but we'll be seeing him portray the classic Atlantean uh, in next season. So very cool to see on uh, what they get a chance to do with his character. So really excited to see him kind of join the fray as we see this roster kind of continue to grow. We also there was the first shot of uh, I cannot remember the actor's name that is playing uh, Connor uh, yeah. in costume, but um, it's really kind of a non <laughs> non non story because it's hey look somebody's wearing a black t-shirt with the red superman logo on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And his pants are blue. Ta-da. <laughs> it's not a hard <laughs> costume to screw up. Um, I could go to a comic store and do an amazing cosplay of it, you know, if I was in great shape. So <laughs> But still. All right. Uh, but the honestly the other story that we really need to make sure we discuss is for everyone to mark their calendars because we know our season premiere dates. So on Sunday, October 6th, we will be seeing the very first episode of Batwoman at 8 p.m. followed by Supergirl at 9 p.m. In addition to it, if you don't happen to have a way to watch or stream, uh, they are going to do an encore episode on October 7th and October 8th. Uh, and that will be for Batwoman, both, I believe, airing at the 9 p.m. time slot. Um, in addition to that, now on Tuesday, October 8th, will be the premiere of The Flash at 8 o'clock. As I mentioned again, Batwoman, again, will have its encore at 9 p.m. So really, really smart, the fact that they're kind of butting them up against each other for a couple days just to make sure it's going to get as much airtime as yeah. possible to get people connected. And I think it was a cool idea. Uh, but because that Tuesday 9 o'clock slot tr- traditionally... Uh, is filled by another show, uh, but they are going to be pairing the Flash and Arrow together yet again because the following week on Tuesday, October 15th, Arrow will have its premiere for its first episode of its final season at that 9 o'clock time slot. So that means uh, Sundays we will have Batwoman and Supergirl back-to-back at 8, at 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock, and then officially starting into October 15th, we'll have our second episode of Flash on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, followed up by Arrow at 9 o'clock. Which is... Legends of Tomorrow will not be joining us until 
after, I believe, Crisis Part One wraps. So the season premiere of mid season is when that show will return. I'm, I'm starting. I'm I'm very curious because that leaves Monday open. So I wonder if Legends is going to pop in on Mondays once it premieres, or if we're just going to have a day of the week free of, you know, in between, of free of Arrowverse. I would not be surprised about that if they do in, indeed intend to do something along those lines. I know we got a couple of new shows kicking off next year. I think Kate Kane, uh, which is the Riverdale spinoff, uh, is going to be starting. Uh, you know, I you know, I think Legacies is got picked up again for another season. Uh, they have a couple other new shows that got picked up as well. I know the One Hundreds coming back. They have a pretty large roster um, going into this year for new shows. So. I think we're going to see them kind of expand. I know Black Lightning's still coming back as well. Supernatural's so, final season. Um, Supernatural's final season again is this year, so they're 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 making sure that everything is in place for them to kind of get things set up. But you can definitely tell with this consolidation of really just two nights, they're really just kind of make uh, these two nights the big nights. And I my guess is most likely we'll see Legends kind of piggyback off of Flash after Arrow. That's race. what I was thinking so, too. Yeah. It makes the most sense that they're going to probably keep their Arrowverse shows connected together as long as humanly possible. Yeah. So, uh, but that's that's really it for the news. So. Yep, not a lot. Um, you know, we're in that time of year where it's it's very lackluster as far as it as far as it yeah. goes. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's throw out a couple recommendations if we have any this week, and then we'll do our plugs and we can get out of here uh, until next week. Um, recommendation for me uh and i i don't know if you might share this one with me or not we were kind of raving about this yesterday but there is a new show on television right now on discovery uh called savage builds uh not anything related to dc or anything like that but it's adam savage formerly of mythbusters and he just puts together these massive these massive projects At episode one he built an actual iron man suit uh, that was bulletproof and explode and withstood an explosion and flew. Uh, I just watched episode two last night where he tackles this wheel of death pre- pretty much uh, that they tried building during uh, World War II. Uh, and he makes the attempt to actually make it work, which the show is just it's so entrancing and it's it's just fantastic and it works. So if that's awesome. if you get the chance, uh, check out Savage Builds on Discovery Channel. There's only two episodes in, so you, you can very easily catch up. Yeah, no, it's a great show. Um, I loved the first episode. I'm looking forward to watching episode two. I know one of my other favorite summer sh- summertime shows have kicked off as well, which is Penn and Teller. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Penn and Teller Fool Us, uh, which is really cool, too, because if you have a PlayStation VR, I believe, if memory serves correctly, in mid-July... There is a Penn and Teller VR game coming down what? to PlayStation VR as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am definitely so, buying that. Yeah, so um, uh, I know it's coming out to Oculus, Oculus Quest, PSVR, and I believe the Vive. So, um, but yeah, I think it's mid July. Awesome. Uh, but my recommendation is actually another video game. Uh, I am a massive, massive Castlevania fan, and one of my favorite game designers is Kogi Ijira. Uh, Koji Igarashi, who is uh, one of the co-designers on Symphony of the Night, uh, but he was best known for being the designer and uh, I think lead uh, production uh, member of all of the Castlevania games that were on the Nintendo DS and 3DS primarily. But again, he he definitely got his big kind of name uh, associated with Symphony of the Night. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is a Kickstarter that launched, oh my God, about four and a half years ago. 
which suffered a lot of delays, a lot of problems, and a lot of controversy on Kickstarter. But the game finally launched this past Tuesday. And I can say, if you were a backer of that or a lover of Castlevania, that this 100% is an outstanding and amazing game. And it's been well worth the wait. Um, but if you didn't back up, it's uh, back it. It's available on, I think, every platform. With the exception of Switch. Switch, I believe it comes out next week. Uh, but it is, I think, $39.99 in the U.S. But if you did love Symphony, uh, this is this is Symphony of the Night 2 in everything but name. Uh, it, is, it is exceptional and incredibly well polished. So definitely give it a shot. Yeah, it's it's one of those games. You you showed it to me yesterday and the game looks absolutely gorgeous. And I, it's a game I'm looking forward to definitely picking up uh, and playing mm-hmm. at the same time, too, because it looks amazing. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, and it's it's wonderful and it's brutally hard and it makes you think and slow down and, and be deliberate. And it, which one of my favorite types of things, especially with with side scrollers. Yeah. So. Uh, cool. So a couple cheap plugs and we can get out of here. Uh, as always, you can find this podcast as well as all other podcasts as part of the Next Level Podcast Network, uh, the Next Level Network dot com, Facebook dot com slash the Next Level Network. And of course, the Facebook page for this DC Primetime podcast, Facebook dot com slash DC Primetime. And as for me, you can always find me at the Next Level Radio Network. Or sorry, <laughs> the Next Level Network dot com. I usually get it right, too. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. But uh, we just we just released a brand new episode of the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. It was episode 55, which was our episode on Bozzy, uh, body pods, blah, 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 <laughs> body positivity <laughs> in geekdom. Uh, and I was incredibly, incredibly proud of this episode. Not incredibly proud of the way that I just intro that, but uh, but the episode itself, I promise you, much, much better. <laughs> uh, but it was a great episode. It's one of the ones that we've been building up to and waiting for for quite some time. Um, and I think it's going to be, if you really enjoyed our episode on um, toxic fandoms, uh, kind of view this as part two. Um, and again, we talk about a lot of major things. It's one of those episodes we could probably stretch this into. Could have stretched it into two or three episodes easily, uh, but a good, uh, good solid two two hours. I think we only talked about really six talking points through the whole thing. Um, it was it was a really great episode though. So I hope you guys give it, give it a chance to give that a chance. Check that out. But yeah, it was uh, it was a really great episode to get an opportunity cool yeah absolutely uh cool so yeah next week uh we dive into our arrow annual which i say with the most sarcastic voice uh should be a lot of fun (laughs) (laughs) good yes exactly uh but thankfully only one more annual that we're ever going to have to do about that show because i don't even know if 10 episodes next year will merit an annual uh, we'll find out when we cross that bridge when we get there. We might not even be the hosts yeah. doing annuals next year. Oh, that's very you true. know, yay! No, it's <laughs> <laughs> you know, that could the annuals next season could turn out to be our new host. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, w- I will say, um, if you are a big fan of Arrow, next week may not be the yeah, maybe today. skip next week. <laughs> so, um, it's it's not that we want to give it bad scores. It's um, at the annuals we are very honest and truthful. And if I gave Flash a five, I can't imagine that Arrow is going to do much better. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so. Agreed with you on that. So, uh, but yeah. with that being said, thank you as always for being a part of this family. Thank you for listening, subscribing, all that you do. And until next week, we will see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.